This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. America WK with your host, Andrew WK. Explore those parts of ourselves that never occurred to us that we even could investigate. There is so much to lead us, so many places that we can go, so many roads to follow. And most of them, and the most valuable ones, are inside of ourselves. America WK, Saturdays, 10 a.m. to noon, on the Blaze Radio Network. The experiment was a success. Begin Life Force Reboot Program, now. Stand clear. Life signs stable. It's alive. Set it loose. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Hi, yes. Welcome to the Blaze Radio Network and the Jeff Fisher Show. I am. Thank you so much. I am Jeff Fisher. I, I hit my hand on this darn microphone. It's amazing what happens when you're clicking the switch like that and you're talking like that and then your hand. All of a sudden, the microphone goes off like that. It's technology at its best. And all the people in New York are going, He can't, it's cut off. I can't. All right, I'll stop. Welcome to the broadcast. How are you? Thanks for coming along today. It's great. I feel great, by the way, because just another another week of weather going back and forth. I don't know about where you live, but I had just about enough of the ups and downs to weather. I wanted either super hot or super cold. But I can't take, you know, one day it's 80, the next day it's 40, and it's raining. I just can't take it, okay? So I'd like the weather goddess or the weather god or whoever it is, make up their minds, please. That's all I'm asking. If you send me a little sign that says, Jeff, it's going to rain the rest of your life, okay, I'm good with that. Just let me know. Let me know what i got to deal with, okay? But to be fluctuating all the time, I've had enough. Had enough. All right, a lot happening. All you're going to hear about this weekend is the plane crash that just happened in Egypt. 224 people, 224 souls on board. Doesn't look good. They found the crash. They're sending ambulances. Uh, it's in Egypt, Sinai area. It's a flight headed from uh, Egypt to Russia. The rest is going to be yickety yak for the media the rest of the weekend let's you know, pray for the people on board okay but the rest all you need the rest that's all you need to know it took off 6 a.m local time crashed about 20 minutes later 224 people on board egypt to russia crash in the sinai pray for their souls our president has decided we're going to put boots on the ground in Syria and Afghanistan and Iraq all over again. Things he said he never would do. That's wonderful. I appreciate it. Uh, however, it doesn't make me feel good that he's doing it because he doesn't really want to do it. I don't care what he says. You know he doesn't want to do it. And that puts our military in harm's way. Don't like it. Don't like it at all. And I was all ready to... Talk about one thing right off the bat. And then I saw a post from my wife uh, sometime last night after I passed out. 
ready to get my beauty sleep for this broadcast. She posted a, a thing that had 21 strange beds that people actually sleep on. And I'm thinking, okay, well, beds. You know, how weird can beds be? Because, you know, we, I know Glenn talks about his Casper, and we just got a, a new bed, the IntelliBed, that my wife loves. It's actually, I, I got to tell you, it's been, I'm happy with her choice so far. It's been really, really comfortable. You know how you most of the time, and this is not a bed commercial. But, you know, most times you get a new bed and you lay on it, and then pretty soon, you know, you start thinking, eh, it's not as comfortable as I thought. This IntelliBed is really, really comfortable. So, just saying, IntelliBed.com. 21 weird beds that people actually sleep on. Now, some of these, now, I was, we can talk about life choices. You know what? Let's talk about life choices. We all suffer from them, right? We all suffer from them because anything we do is a life choice. And, you know, if you could only have done this or that, life would have been this or that much better. But it is nice to find others that make us feel good about the choices we've made. Always, right? I mean, that's kind of why we watch the news and we go, boy, that guy is stupid. Glad I'm not him. Because, you know, those are the ones that, you know, they make choices that aren't good. And that leads me to 21 strange beds that people actually sleep on. You scroll down here. The top one is the standing bed. I'm sorry. It's called the vertical bed. And while it looks cool, it looks more like a piece of art than anything because it's stupid. Why would you do that? Why would you just stand up and lean into this giant pillow? Maybe at work if you've got a big office and you've got a little sleep room, but maybe, but doubtful. It just looks dumb. The rocking bed, again, uh, you know, maybe it's cute in your little uh, vacation home or something, but why? This bed, the knotted bed, actually looks like it might be worth a try. (laughs) The knotted bed. The zip-up bed. Okay, well, that's just a, a giant sleeping bag on an air pillow. And one of the things that I don't have that I know someone who has who travels a lot is the zip up uh, the sleeping bag, the travel sleeping bag, so that you don't lay on the hotel sheets and you zip it in. So there's a lot of people. If you travel a lot, you end up getting sick because you know there's a lot of people don't like to people the germaphobes don't like to sleep on the sheets and now the sheets are usually clean. It's the it's the comforters that are little questionable from time to time and uh helpful i used to have a guy uh that uh used to work with a long time ago i think he still does a, a plant bug show in tampa uh, mark govan uh, he's a big believer in going to the hotel room and uh immediately calling down to the front desk and telling them to bring all new bedding rips up all the sheets all the comforters, everything, throws them out in the hallway, calls down to the lab and says, bring me, I need new sheets, new comforters, all of it. And he says, though, usually you get stuff that's been freshly cleaned and it's pretty good. Plus, it's a good way to check for bed bugs. Next bed, the giant nest bed. This actually looks, I, I just, I, I'll put this, I'll put this out, I'll retweet this if I haven't already on my Twitter account at JeffyMRA. The nest bed actually looks like it might be fun to be a part of. Uh, when, I remember it's almost like uh, you ever have the big kind of uh, I used to call it a prison that they 
make for kids. You know, it's like a big plastic game thing, and they clip together, and you set it in the middle of the room, and the little baby goes in there, and that's where the baby plays. But the baby can, you know, crawl around and stay inside. But you know the baby is inside of that particular area. And uh, we used to get, we'd all crawl in there and play with the babies, right? And so that's kind of what the nest bed is. It's kind of cute. It looks kind of cute. It could be worthwhile in you know, a kid's room or something. The book bed, stop it. The shark bed, I mean, it's just it's a bunk bed on top of a giant shark, and then you can crawl inside the shark to sleep in. That's some kind of kid's room. The molecular bed, maybe, kind of looks cute for maybe a TV room that you'd have to be cute, but I don't know. It almost looks like, uh, you know, McDonald's playroom balls, bigger, you know, bigger balloon size. And I don't know how clean you'd, you'd have to really find a way to disinfect those bad boys, even if it is in your own home. The fetal position bed, stop it. It's just stupid. The falcon bed, the spaceship bed, it's for kids. Let them climb in. I mean, uh, you know, there's everybody has some kind of race car bed. The burger bed... <laughs> that actually it's so dumb it's 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 kind of cute i mean there's got to be the kid would probably like it that the clump of ketchup and the pickle or pillows and then you got the extra mattress with the piece of cheese and it's a big circle of the giant bun on top is your (laughs) that's that's stupid enough to actually be cute in the back room for the kids the box bed you know everybody loves the idea of climbing up into a bed and then have but the problem with that is you have to climb out and i don't know about you but i'm kind of i kind of like just being able to roll out and maybe that's just me but i like that the net bed i mean that's okay stop it i mean that's just somebody trying to be cool in their office the wooden box bed uh it's cute you know, maybe for a showroom or something, but if that thing falls down, good luck. God bless. Circle bed, again, cute little thing for, you know, your little your cottage. Your cute little thing for the cottage. You guys have the circle bedroom. You can stay there, enjoy fresh linen in the bath. The 50s car bed, I mean, let's just show the roller coaster bed. These are all show beds. These are beds that people use. Yeah, but nobody's good. You know, they aren't, they aren't practical. The dinosaur bed, the bookcase bed, the mattress. Oh, you pull it out and slide it together. That's okay. That's, see, that's cute. Now, that's got, there's an idea, a genius idea for a spare bed for guests. And yet, when the guests aren't there, you pick it up and you puzzle it back into the bookcase bed. It's kind of a, it's kind of a cute little thing there. The cutout bed, stop it, stupid. So there's some life choices that you can make. Yes, the life choice of what bed you're going to sleep on in Telebed. But then we have plenty of life choices, right? Plenty of life choices that we choose. I don't know, marriage, children, employment, where we live. There's the life choices of, you know, it's plastic surgery. Plastic surgery is a life choice that some of us need to not make. Okay? I, I kind of like the idea of plastic surgery. Because, you know, it works, right? It makes you feel better about yourself. You look better. You know, you tighten this up. You get rid of a little loose skin here. But the problem is you're about three surgeries away from clown face. Because the first couple work, right? The first one, you go, oh, man, the eyes look great. They're not puffy. And the skin's tight around the around the jaw now. And the 
Chin looks good. Maybe if I just do another one right here by the, just up here, just bring this back a little bit, it'll look good. And it it does, the second one doesn't quite look as good as the first one. So you start thinking, well, maybe I need to do this, which will then make the second one look just as good as the first one, and that'll be fine. And you do that, and that doesn't look as good. Now, right there, right there is your last step into clown face. So stop it with the, with the, with the life choices of plastic surgery. You're, you're about three cuts away from clown face. I'll never forget they do a show out. (laughs) He didn't like me much. I met this doctor who's a plastic surgeon and they do a a show. They film a show here in uh, one of the television studios next to where we broadcast from every day. And they come in once a month and they record their shows for, you know, their infomercial to hawk their wares. And, you know, so I met the doc and, and uh, plastic surgery. And I said, oh, man, I, I, I love plastic surgery. I, I'm, in fact, I'm ready for it. And I, and I meant that. I meant, you know, I really do mean that I wouldn't mind getting a little plastic surgery. But then I, and he goes, oh, well, we can, you know, let's talk. And I was like, but, he didn't like it when I said but. And I said, but I'm just afraid that I'm like three cuts away from clown face because there's so many people that head into clown face. And he was like, well, we, he had this look on his face. And then it was like, well, we would never do that. Uh huh. Yeah, that's why you just got out of the jag, right? Because you don't do extra plastic surgery on people that don't really need it. Right. And then there's names, right? Everybody's got the weird names, the life choices of your names. and uh, Come on. We've all seen the stupid names on the news. You know, arrested. Bizow, doo-doo, zippity-bop-bop-bop. Yeah, okay. You're funny. But you're still going to prison, okay? And the life, I mean, we all have the life, (laughs) the life choices of actually, I don't know, taking someone else's life. Uh, That's really not a good life choice. You know, unless, I mean, obviously, if you're protecting your family or yourself, I got it. But just to, you know, actually, because you're mad at someone, that life choice is not a good choice. I mean, we love the, you know, we all love the story of the lady who stabbed her husband with the, with the squirrel that was frozen from the freezer. But, you know, while it's funny, uh, the guy died. Okay. Tattoos. Everybody loves ink. And I'm a big fan of some ink, you know, but they're just like the ink is almost plastic surgery where you're about three tattoos away from just, okay, enough. And then there's the stupid choices, you know, of course, the spelling, the wrong spelling of words and, you know, the 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 symbol that doesn't mean what you think it does. And it goes in the or somebody's, uh, you know, a love Billy for life. And, uh, you know, you've left Billy 80 years ago. Um, and then, you know, it, it's make the right choices with the ink. Make it count. Make it count. And the haircuts. I mean, hair grows back usually, uh, but you know there are some life choices where you think people, you know, you might not want to cut your hair like that. Maybe not. Slow down a little bit on the on the haircuts, right? So, life. I mean, it's what we try to instill in our children, right? Make choices, and the choices you make now really do affect your life down the road. So it's important that we instill that in the children. And there's so many cases that we're going to talk about here today uh, where the life choices that people are starting to make around the world 
and especially in our schools that we're teaching our children, are bad. I mean, we can be nice and realize that, you know, one of the things that makes America great is that we can all make a choice, feel good about it at the time, and it's okay, and we make up for them, and they add to our life story if if they don't turn out, right? And sometimes we make the right choice, and it's for the better, and everything is all good, and those choices lead to other choices that are good or bad. And we, you know, we have to either have to pray on them, think about them, meditate on them, whatever you do to realize that this is the right choice for you to make at the right time. But they're all, they're all, let me rephrase this right, all the choices that we make have consequences. And I think that's what we're losing with some of the stories that we'll talk about today. Choices do have consequences. Remember I told you about that with simple to lose, right? Choices do have consequences. Good or bad, choices have consequences. And I think we need to get back to maybe that phrase and belief with all the kids across America. Choices have consequences. And then follow through with the consequences. This is The Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Don't miss Pat and Stu. A nice door, a special door, a beautiful door. Phenomenal door. It's a phenomenal door. It's a terrific door. It's It's a door of doors. It's going to be a winning door. You're going to get tired of winning. This door is going to be so winning, you're going to get tired of it. You'll be tired of the door because it wins so often. (laughs) It's a winning door. It's a winning, terrific, special, terrific, phenomenal door. Pat and Stu, weekdays at 5 p.m. Eastern on the Blaze Radio Network. This is the Jeff Fisher Show. Can I help you? Yes, I would like to admit to a murder. I killed someone. Ah, uh, no. You look. Where 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 did you murder somebody? Oh, you know. I, I can't. I can't. Uh, I can't take your stuff here. You gotta. You gotta go over to. You, you gotta go over to the other place. I can't. Uh, we can't take your. Take your confession here. Oh, uh, okay. Well, okay. We'll talk to you later. Bye. In California, a jail deputy turned away a man trying to confess to murder. Nice, nice. Life choices. He came in. Twenty-eight-year-old Hugo Ernesto Castro turned himself in. Uh, yeah, I'd like to come clean. No, no, uh, you can't do that here. Listen, what you need to do, um, you need to go down to, uh, San Jose homicide. If you wanted to come clean, I, this is the Santa Clara County jail. I, I'm busy. I can't, uh, I don't have the time for you. Oh, um, okay. Thank you. Now, amazingly. Hugo Ernesto Castro was feeling so horrible about the said murder. 
uh, he did go to the San Jose homicide detectives and and turned himself in. And so he is in jail. Uh, At the same lockup, he initially went to turn himself in at. So apparently the deputy is a reassigned. Thank you. And the deputy, you know, will be looked at. The sheriff said we've launched an internal investigation. Uh Uh-huh. You think? Maybe that internal investigation should be, um, you know, if you're an officer of the law and someone says, yes, I'd like to confess to a crime, that officer should go, have a seat. Let's talk. Let's find out if it's real or not. No. I can't do that here. I'm busy. You, If you want to confess to a crime, you have to go someplace else down the road. Thanks for stopping, sir. Duh. Internal investigation. Have a nice day. Life choices. The Jeff Fisher Show. The Blaze Radio Network. Jeff Fisher Show. Welcome to it. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. I told you uh, the big story of the day that you're going to be covering uh, that everybody's going to be uh, all over is the plane crash in Egypt uh, in the Sinai um, on its way to Russia from from Egypt, um, uh, from Cairo, I believe. Uh, Shuram El-Sheikh, sorry. Um, anyway, their rescue teams are there and there was reports that they're hearing voices and that bodies were found strapped to their seats. Well, okay. I mean, we would expect to have some bodies strapped to their seats if the plane crashed. Right. So hopefully that helped. And we have some, all people were not killed in the crash. That would be great. Right. I mean, Horrific if you were on the plane, but it still would be great. Anyway, that's what's, you know, big news today. And also, uh, you may have caught the debate uh, this last week on on uh, CNBC, and everybody was, uh, you know, all wound up about uh, CNBC's uh, bias coverage. Give me a break. You knew what to expect there. But Reince Paribas, the head of the uh, RNC, has uh, sent a letter to NBC News suspending the partnership for the February debate in Houston uh, with NBC News. What? So they're just suspending it. They're not going to do it, or they're going to make NBC, you know, bow down and promise to give them all kinds of good stuff, and we'll probably have good questions. Rights. Here's an idea for you. It was already set up to be in Texas, in Houston. Not far from Houston is a place called Dallas. And the Blaze Mercury Studios. We'll put it on for you. Okay? And we may even make sure that somebody has their microphones turned up when they go to talk. But whether we want it or not, clothing always reflects the psychology of whoever is wearing it. And if you look at the picture uh, that the Blaze has in the story of the uh, uh, RNC 
suspending the partnership with NBC. They've got all the tier one candidates rode up in their suits and ties. And, uh, and that's right. No, Carly doesn't have a tie on. She's the only one that doesn't have a tie on, but she does have her female suit on. And as you know, I like to consider myself uh, fashion. I mean, I am fashion. Look, I know that some fashion guru said it years ago, but I like to consider myself fashion. Uh, It's just me. You know, it's just me. But I was looking through uh, the latest issue of GQ, the November edition of GQ, and uh, Cintra Wilson, author of Fear and Clothing, Unbuckling American Style, uh, has a really fascinating article on the candidates, and some of it's pretty funny. Um, this election's early favorites are all default to boxy charcoal, gray suits, starchy white shirts, shiny silk neckties, shiny silk neckties, nearly always red regardless of party affiliation. It's a classic high-contrast leadership color. I like to call fascist contemporary. <laughs> For their daytime casual look, the candidates remove their jackets and unconvincingly roll up their sleeves for a changing my own tires for the good of America appearance. <laughs> it's always been difficult to tell the many Republicans apart, both ideologically and satirically. And indeed, Mike Huckabee, John Kasich, and Lindsey Graham dress so identically and so without a trace of personality, they could all be pr- represented by the same Lego character. Crusty progressive Bernie Sanders stands out as the most consistently disheveled candidate. She does go after the Democrats, too, which I like. Disheveled candidate, a man whose style muse seems to be Jack Klugman and who can be easily imaged waddling unshaven under the White House lawn to retrieve his newspaper wearing a flannel bathrobe, tube socks, and blue blockers. (laughs) Jeb Bush. This is an article in uh, November edition of uh, GQ by uh, Cintra Wilson. Jeb Bush, the fussiest politician since Mitt Romney, has the visual distinction of Reaganing harder than others, his dial-a-prayer hair and higher thread count suits, his higher thread count suits that exude a F.U. wealth that the other rich candidates take care to avoid in the interest of wooing voters beyond just the two Koch brothers. Ted Cruz, a Hispanic Canadian Texan, favors dark suits that, combined with his helmet hair and concerned mortician demeanor, suggest he will bury America with somber dignity. It is difficult not to notice that with a pencil mustache, he would look exactly like the dashingly ghoulish Gomez Adams. The ladies of the race, Carly Fiorina and Hillary Clinton, have their own closet problems. Both are given loud monochromatic suits in interchangeable electric blue and vermilion, projecting just the right blend of femininity and alpha gusto with a shrill top note to send in the drones. Nobody really knows why Donald Trump feels qualified or even wants to be president, but he has always dressed out grandiose delusions of ruling the world. Analysis have suggested that his radical hairstyle, the virile strawberry Angora haystack, is a business power move intended to invoke confusion and fear, which of course it does, like a wig made of live snakes. Lately, however, he's been covering his cough with 
a Make America Great Again baseball cap, either to convince voters that he has the common touch or to protect them from being turned to stone. If we're going to elect one of these jokers to represent the world's most powerful powerful office, is it too much to ask that he or she have at least some style? As fashion is our most personal, most intimate art form, one we all practice every single day, regardless of what we wear. We oughtn't let our next president shuffle around the globe looking like some feral rube with his or her own reinforced changing bunker beneath the Nordstrom at the Pentagon Mall. Aren't we the people embarrassed enough as it is? <laughs> Fashion. Fashion for our political might in America. Hey, it's Time Change Weekend. Oh, my goodness gracious. Time change weekend. I don't know about you. I don't know what I, which time now I get confused what I like better. Daylight savings or we come back to regular time. I don't know what I like better anymore. I think I like daylight. I think I like this time better, the non-daylight savings, right? So it gets darker earlier, lighter. I don't remember anymore. So confused. There is the argument that... Daylight savings time uh, saves us crime, right? Because criminals don't like to, criminals don't like this. Get up early. They like to be out at night. So with daylight savings, uh, you know, there's less time for the criminals to do their crime. So it's, you know, it's better, right? Right. And remember that uh, you have to change your clock right at 2 a.m. Sunday morning. You can't do it before. You can't do it after. Uh, Otherwise, you'll you'll be in trouble with the time police. Uh, But there's so many clocks now that don't do it on their own, which is, I like. Okay, I like it. I don't have to worry about it. You don't forget forget to do change the clock on the microwave up above the stove. You got to do that manually. You got to change the clock on the coffee maker. Don't forget that. You got to do that manually. The rest of them, I think you're good, right? Might have to change the clock. Uh, you got the one clock in the closet that you look at in the morning when you're getting dressed? Yeah, that runs on a battery. You need to do that manually. And uh, and you probably got the little clock in the bathroom that you look at from time to time when you're you know, getting ready in the morning. You probably got to change that if it's hanging on the bathroom wall in the battery. And that's about it, probably. There might be a clock on the radio if you use your little shower radio to listen in the morning when you're taking a shower. Might need that. Meaning, I might need to change that. Jeez, there's more than you think of. Oh, and you got the you got your grandma's favorite clock that you still have up on the mantle in the back bedroom. Don't forget to change that. Otherwise, you're going to go in there. You're going to go in there in a couple of weeks and go, oh my gosh, it's off. And then, oh, that's right, time change. And then you're going to have to change it. Just do it. Do it tomorrow. Be done with it. Okay. But all the rest, you're good with your phones, your computers. Right, your cable boxes, although I don't have cable boxes anymore. It's been a long, I mean, it's been a strange transformation week, by the way, of the cable. We may get into that uh, maybe today or some other time, but it's been a, it's been a strange trans- transformation being without uh, 850,000 channels of, of television to watch. Uh, there's plenty of alternatives, by the way. It has not been a withdrawal at all. Uh, it's just a matter of 
refocusing what and when you want to watch things. That's all. So you you can do it. Doggone it. You can do it. I know you can. But you know what's strange is that I was reading an article. I don't know if we were talking about this. I think maybe maybe Glenn maybe Glenn was talking about this, but I was so fascinated. You know, we're all happy you get your hour back, right? You get your hour back tonight at daylight savings. Yeah, tonight. You get it back and you know everybody's happy about it. Oh, you change your you get you get look at that hour you lost. You get that hour you lost. Eh, do you? Do you? I don't think so. But anyway, it's you know, it's kinda nice. Have one day with that extra hour, and then the rest of the week will have you all screwed up, and you know you'll lose it, and you'll gain it back again, right? But there is a thing, this segmented sleep that seems to be what humans are supposed to do. But we used to do it um, before electricity. So, how do you get back to the segmented sleep with electricity? You probably have to, I don't know, be wealthy enough to not have a job. And then you could do it, right? Because I don't want to live without electricity. But the idea of getting up, you get up, when you get up, daylight, and you do your stuff for a while, you know, for a few hours, and then you rest for a couple hours, and then you get up and you do your stuff again until dark, and then you may eat something and then lay down for a few hours. And then you get up and it's quiet and you you read, you pray, you talk to your family. You, and then you go back to sleep for a while and you get back up in the daylight again and, and you're all again, right? And they've done studies that that's really what people end up doing when they don't have a regimented schedule like most of us have, right? Most of us have that regimented schedule. I Look, I despise the alarm clock. Despise it. I do everything in my power not to use my alarm clock. If I wake up and I try, it's very hard since I, you know, a lot of mornings we have to get up really early and, it, and I go to bed late so I don't get enough sleep. So I have to use an alarm, which I hate. But if you're on a regular schedule, which I was for a number of years, I set my mind clock so that I wake up and it's before my alarm goes off. Or I stop. And for a while, I stopped even setting my alarm because I would just get up. I just, I can't take it. I just hate it so much. And I love when I wake up now and it's like even just like two minutes before the alarm to go off. Oh, good. I don't have to hear it. And I despise it. So the studies are that you go back to that segmented sleep plan for life. But. Do you really, you know, that's that's doing life without regimentation and electricity and maybe a a job? Hmm. Okay, I'll use my alarm clock. Here we go. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. This is the Jeff Fisher Show. Welcome to it. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. 
plenty of programming on the Blaze Radio Network today for your enjoyment. Uh, Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka coming up uh, immediately after this broadcast. Hi, Andrew WK with America WK, Chris Salcedo, Mike Slater, Joe Pags. That's all today. That's just today on the Blaze Radio Network. I mean, we give and we give and we give. There's no need for you to go anywhere else. Maybe you could give a little bit back and just stay right here on the blaze.com slash radio. Is that asking too much? Nah, okay. I didn't think so. And I heard through the grapevine, and I'm not, you know, obviously, you know, what do I know? But I'm understanding that maybe perhaps the gift uh, that uh, Michael Pelka will be giving away today is the uh, Michael Pelka Bluetooth mouse so that you have, uh, you can rub your hand all over his pretty little face with your Bluetooth mouth at work. Just have you... Your mouse, and it's run by Bluetooth on your laptop, and it'll be his face looking at you all day. Now he might not be wanting to give that away, so I might be, you know, I might be speaking out of turn. So if I am, I'm sorry. But if he's giving that away, I mean, that's that's worth a listen. Try to get that bad boy. Uh, that's just it is to me anyway. Plenty of uh, plenty of uh, plenty of good stuff coming up uh, next next hour on the broadcast. I've got a story about this dean of a college here in Texas that is I've I can't take it anymore I can't take it these I I'm so sick of being told that I'm racist I'm a I might become racist I might become racist because they keep telling me I am racist I can't take it I can't take it no, seriously, I can't take it This is the Jeff Fisher Show, only on the Blaze Radio Network. The experiment was a success. Begin Life Force Reboot Program now. Stand clear. Life signs stable. It's alive. Set it loose. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Oh, hello. Welcome to the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. I am Jeff Fisher. And I was just reminded uh, on Twitter, at JeffyMRA, and you can follow me uh, on Facebook, uh, Jeff Fisher Radio, uh, Instagram, JeffyMRA, that uh, don't forget the car clock. Oh, yeah. Ooh, unless you're, unless uh, the Tesla updates itself, which it probably does, um, you probably have to change your car clock. That's a good call. That's a good call. And that, you know, if there's one thing I hate is the car clock being wrong. Drives me crazy. I don't mind it being like a minute fast so that when the top of the hour news happens on local talk radio, uh, that ID hits at 01 instead of zero, but drives me insane to be off other than that. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Welcome to it. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. This is the Blaze Radio Network. Uh, Look, you can take us with you all the time by downloading our shows. We have special podcasts. Uh, that are specifically to the Blaze Radio page, theblaze.com slash radio. Um, 
you can take us with you whenever and wherever you want. And, of course, we have live programming uh, on the weekends and weekdays for your enjoyment. Today, my show, then Michael Pelka, Andrew WK, Chris Salcedo, Mike Slater, Joe Pags. Uh, tomorrow, uh, Bill Handel, Jackie D, David Barton in the morning, uh, which is, you know, that, that guy. I just saw that guy here the other day, and he's just fascinating. I love him. And then uh, weekdays, you've got uh, Doc and Skip, some guy named Glenn Beck, Pat, Buck Sexton, Jay Severin, Pat and Stu. Uh, uh, I would have to tell you, I don't think I have to tell you, but there's no need for you to go anywhere else than right here uh, on the Blaze Radio Network. Theblaze.com slash radio. Now, I think I may become racist because I'm sick of being told everything that happens is because of race. I'm tired of it. It was brought on by this administration, and I'm tired of it. I'm tired of everything, everything being about race. So here in Texas, a college dean, and I'm glad it kind of backfired on her. I really am. Dorothy Bland, dean of the journalism school at the University of North Texas, is used to taking a walk at daybreak, but rain delayed her exercise regime until later Saturday morning when she began traversing the streets of her well-to-do Corinth neighborhood. Uh, first of all, I've got the picture here of her. Uh, while it's a nice neighborhood, if they're considering this neighborhood well-to-do, uh, oh, maybe they are in today's world, never mind. It's a nice neighborhood. You're right. You're right, Dean Dorothy Bland. But soon, flashing lights and sirens from a police vehicle paused her walk, she wrote in a column for the Dallas Morning News. Bland was wearing a hooded sweatshirt and, and, she's black. Like most African Americans, I am familiar with the phrase, driving while black. But was I really being stopped for walking on the street in my own neighborhood? Yes. Walking while black is a crime in many jurisdictions. May God have mercy on our nation. Blanche said she asked the officers if there was a problem, but didn't remember getting a decent answer. Of course not. Before one of the officers asked me where I lived and for identification, she was so angry she didn't even listen to what the police officers were saying right there is what she's telling you. Uh, I don't remember getting a decent answer right until they asked for identification. I remember saying something like, around the corner, this is my neighborhood, and I'm a taxpayer who pays a lot of taxes. As for the ID question, how many Americans typically carry ID with them on their morning walk? Do you realize I bought the hoodie I was wearing after completing the Harvard University Institute for Management and Leadership in Education in 2014? Do you realize I have hosted gatherings for family, friends, faculty, staff, and students in my home? Not once was a police officer called. To those officers, my education or property owner status didn't matter. One officer captured my address and date of birth. Oh, my gosh. No. No, they did not. Bland figured she was simply brown-faced in an affluent neighborhood. I told the police I didn't like to walk in the rain, and one of them told me my dog doesn't like to walk in the rain. Ouch. Okay. I kind of get how you could might be upset a little bit about that statement, but he was trying to be 
conversational, right? I know, pol- you know, police officers, first of all, some of them think they're funny and they're not. I got it. And this is this guy. I mean, I get the, I get where she might think that hurt a little, but get over yourself. Okay, he's just trying to tell you that, you know, more things than you don't like to walk in the rain. I got it, but I, I'll give her that for a little bit. She added that for safety's sake, she used her iPhone to take a photo of the officers in their patrol car's license plate. As Bland didn't want to end up like dozens of others who have died while in police custody. Okay. Within hours of posting about the incident on Facebook, Bland said more than 100 friends spread the news across the country. This article up on the blaze. You are now in the company of Henry Louis Gates and others with the same experience. She said one of her former students wrote, we must stop racial profiling. Okay, let's pause here for just a moment, okay? Uh, Let's all remember Henry Louis Gates, shall we? A uh, professor, and um, he was trying to get into his house without keys. I don't think he had any ID, although he might have. I'd have to look up the story, and I, I apologize for not having the story in front of me. But remember that it wasn't really the police's fault. He just made it seem that way. And don't forget, this is where our president, who then later had to have his little beer summit and apologize because he came out and said the police acted stupidly when they didn't. But that doesn't matter, does it? No, that doesn't matter. Trayvon Martin, if I had a son, it would look like Trayvon. Never mind the facts, right? Never mind the facts. Bland added that she stopped by the mayor's house. Of course you did. Do I look like a criminal? Mayor Bill Heideman said no and shook his head in disbelief. Really? Do you think the mayor was going to say, yeah, you do. Get off my porch. I appreciate the mayor being a good neighbor, but why should he need to verify that I'm a menace to society. He doesn't, and you didn't need to stop by there either, did you? But the Corinth police chief, this, my friends, is where it gets good. Okay? Corinth police chief, Deborah Walfall, caught wind of the incident. She wrote a response which was the second part of the Dallas Morning News piece, and said that the encounter was about Bland's safety, not race, and that dash cam video from the officer's patrol car proves it. Walthall said the officer saw Bland walking in the street with earbuds and unaware that there was a pickup truck directly behind her that had to almost come to a complete stop to avoid hitting her. The driver of the truck looked at the officers as they passed and held his hands in the air, which implied, aren't you going to do something about this? The officers turned around and drove behind Ms. Bland. Walthall noted that while the patrol's car emergency lights were activated, no sirens were used, contrary to Bland's claim. And the officers immediately told Bland about her concern for her safety and the pickup truck and that she should walk against traffic instead. I remember what was uh, she didn't hear what they said. She was so mad. Uh, I remember. I don't remember getting a decent answer before they asked me 
where I lived for identification, I believe was the quote from the dean. Ms. Bland had been observed earlier by these same officers, but she was not in the street and impeding traffic, so she was not contacted. Impeding traffic is a Class C misdemeanor. Okay. Impeding uh, traffic is a Class C misdemeanor, and it is our policy to ask for identification from people we encounter for this type of violation. Now, that is the little thing that kind of irks me because everything everything is some kind of violation and if they want to use it, they can use it. But, you know, good. that's fine. I'm surprised by your comments, as this was not a confrontational encounter, but a display of professionalism and genuine concern for her safety. Walthall noted that Bland never contacted police or returned the chief's phone message about the incident. No, of course not. Of course not, because she would have to say, yes, you're right, I'm sorry. And then... She might have to type something on her Facebook page saying, hey, sorry, I was wrong. She don't want to do that. The citizens of Corinth as a whole are a highly educated population. And it's disappointing that one of our residents would attempt to make this a racial issue when clearly it is not. Police Chief Deborah Walthall. Bravo. Bravo. So... Fantastic that at least sometimes, sometimes, we get to fight back with a little bit of the facts. And you know what? Facts matter. I get that, you know, it doesn't matter at all. Oh, I mean, that we heard the lady from the uh, on Don Lemon yapping that she didn't need to know more about the police officer picking up the student and throwing her out of her school desk. We find out now, hell, students are protesting that they got rid of the cop. So this person, this student, was obviously an issue at the school. But heaven forbid, heaven forbid, she does what was asked of her. Choices have consequences. Life choices from her teacher to the principal to a police officer. So when something bad happens, when you don't, do something that's asked of you from three people who are your superiors. Huh. Something bad happened. But nobody wants to take responsibility. It's all somebody else's fault, isn't it? This is The Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. The Jeff Fisher Show. Welcome to it. 888-900-3393. Mike Opelka, Pure Opelka, coming up immediately following this broadcast. Good luck on an opportunity that you may or may not have of winning a Pure Opelka stunt brain Bluetooth mouse for your laptop. You'll be able to put your hands and fingers right on his face every day and look at that stunt brain picture Every day when you sit down in front of your laptop, exciting to think about, isn't it? Yes, of course it is. Mark in Albany, you are on the Jeff Fisher program. How are you, sir? I am doing great, actually. This now completes my uh, 
I don't know what you call it, my, my quest to talk to every member of the Blaze on the air. I've gotten everybody. All right. That's, I'm glad to hear it. <laughs> Thank you. But Thank I'm, you I'm, for help letting me complete your quest. Yes. If you're with the toughest one because your show is so short and it's tough to be open. It is Right? But it's, it's just tough. You go through um, topics so fast. But, um, before I lose cell signal, I just wanted to jump in on your last topic with the police officer and the stop. Uh, a lot of people get confused with the role of the police officers. They see to protect and serve, and they think it's to protect and serve the individual. It's not. It's to protect and serve society. So if Thank you're doing you. something that endangers society, you're the problem. You're not the person they're, they're supposed to protect. It's the rest of us. And Thank being you, a truck driver and owning a trucking company, I have seen people walk into the road, and it scares the heck out of us because it takes us a football field and 17 feet to stop. So right. If you're in, yeah, if you're in that range there, um, there's nothing I can do but watch you die. And right. It's horrible. So, anyway, that, that's my two cents on it. Thank you very much, Mark. I appreciate it. And, and again, you're you're welcome. All right, I'm happy to be the one to, you know, help you finish your quest. You're welcome. Eight 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 nine zero zero thirty three ninety three. So, the Defense Secretary of the United States. Do you know who it is? I give you a hundred bucks if you can tell me who it is right now. Oh, nobody's on the line. Oh, darn the luck. Oh. Could you tell me that it's Ash Carter? Could you? I think you could because we talked about this. I think not long ago on this broadcast. Okay. But I just looked up, and they're talking to him, and he's talking about, you know, I told you earlier that we're sending troops now to Syria, and we're so I'm so excited about that because you know how much Ash Carter and President Barack Obama want to beat ISIL. I mean, he says so. He says, oh, they're evil. We hate them. Uh-huh. Do you? This is how much they hate him, and this is how much we want to push him back, okay? They're sending 50 troops. 50 troops. <laughs> uh, tell me they don't believe in taking ISIL down, okay? And, and oh, oh, did I mention that there is no clear combat mission? Did I mention that? No? Well, there is no combat mission uh, for them. But we're going to send 50 troops in. Let's send 50 guys in. I'm telling you, that's damn near a crime. I don't want to start, you know, I try to get away from some of the political stuff on this show because most of the time, as Mark said, we go through, you know, I know I go through topics fast because I got one one shot on Saturdays and I'm so sick of hearing about Ash Carter and Barack Obama by Saturday morning. I try to stay away from them, but sometimes it's difficult for me and I apologize. But we're sending 50 troops to the Middle East. First of all, what happened to Mr. Nobel Peace Prize and uh, no troops on the ground and war is hell and we can't do it? And yeah, right. Uh-huh. So now we're pushed up against the wall because he knows that we know we're in trouble and we need to knock the hell out of these people and tell them to stop messing with us. You're pushing the wrong button. And no, we're not going to go into some battle where you can start fighting back with Armageddon. We're going to end you. We're not going to take we're not going to take your immigrants. We're not going to take all your refugees, but we will end ISIS. And for the other 
Muslim countries, you can take your refugees and you can take your immigrants and tell them, hey, live here. You want to come to America? Come the right way. And I believe it was Marco Rubio during the last debate who said, who talked about the immigration immigrants coming to America and embracing America, becoming Americans. Don't just come here to live in America. Come here to be Americans. If you can't do that, get out. Okay, I've had just about enough. And this is a prime example of this is what this administration does as they 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 don't care. They're flying crap. We're the oppressors, right? And yet, you know, they're up against the wall. So now they've got to try to think, well, how can we make it seem like we're actually doing something? Oh, I know. We'll send 50 troops. And we'll make it, oh, you know what? We'll send them over there. And we won't give them a combat mission. And they'll be, well, we'll get them boots on the ground, though. And we'll say we got boots on the ground. And we'll still send a couple of drone strikes here and there. And uh, we'll send them over there, and then we'll be fine. And we'll look like we're actually doing something to stop these people. When actually all we're doing is emboldening them and make them making them stronger because nobody is actually taking them by the hairs and throwing them into the dirt. I can't, I, I can't take much more. Hi. Life choices. Choices have consequences. Hi. Welcome to the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. We'll be back. Hey, did I mention it's Halloween and Time Change Weekend? (laughs) Yes, it is. Oh, yeah. Nothing else to worry about. Don't you worry. Halloween. This is the Jeff Fisher Show. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. The Jeff Fisher Show is on. Welcome to it. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. You know, I posted that story about uh, the uh, college dean and uh, the police chief on my Facebook page, Jeff Fisher Radio, uh, a couple days ago. Uh, and I think Thursday is when it broke. Um, and I just you know hadn't had an opportunity to get to it. But uh, a great point uh, made by uh, one poster, uh, I believe it's... Uh, Ohio man, Brian. And it probably means Ohio man, which really kind of irks me. Uh, the junior race baiters are learning from their leadership, so carry your iPhone, but not your ID. I guess the University of North Texas doesn't have a class in priorities. Well, great point. And that's exactly what happened with the girl at the school in uh, South Carolina, right? Everybody's got their iPhones agonizing just unbelievably agonizing anyway uh jeff fisher radio on facebook at jeffy mra and jeffy mra on instagram at jeffy mra on twitter you can follow me on all of those social media campaigns okay okay now there's all kinds of uh, tag so much you know mark pointed out we cover so much but there's so much i want to talk about you know what two hours is not enough two hours is not enough for me i need more time but there's not enough time in the day is there no no there's not 
So since I was a little wound up with this administration and you know, I want to apologize to them. So I'll read you a little story of, of the future, what the future looks like and how bright it is. Okay. Okay. One sunny day in January of 2017, an old man approaches the White House from across Pennsylvania Avenue where he'd been sitting on a park bench. He speaks to the U.S. Marine standing guard and says, I would like to go in and meet with President Obama. The Marine looks at the man and says, Sir, Mr. Obama is no longer president and no longer resides here. The old man says, Okay, and walks away. The following day, the same man approaches the White House and says to the same Marine, I would like to go in and meet with President Obama. The Marine again tells the man, Sir, as I said yesterday, Mr. Obama is no longer president and no longer resides here. The man thanks him and again just walks away. The third day, the same man approaches the White House and speaks to the very same U.S. Marine saying, I would like to go in and meet with President Obama. The Marine understandably agitated at this point, looks at the man and says, Sir, this is the third day in a row you've been here asking to speak to Mr. Obama. I've told you already that Mr. Obama is no longer the president and no longer resides here. Don't you understand? And the old man looks at the Marine and says, Oh, I understand. I just love hearing it. The Marine snaps to attention, salutes, and says, See you tomorrow, sir. The future may be just a little bit brighter. Just a little bit brighter. Or maybe not when it turns out that we find out that the police have a spy tool that can indeed record your calls. Eh. And the Stingray spy tools. Eh, they just they can record your calls. Don't worry about it. You're not If you're not doing anything wrong, what's the problem, right? Right. There's no way they could turn anything into what you were talking to your friends about. Right? Right? Right. And this new device, the new coin size device, this is a, a company trying to, they've created this device. It's a coin size device. You put it on your belt for women, and it hooks, it's kind of cool, actually. Uh, and I want to believe that it's kind of cool, but I'm trying to think of, you know, ways that it's going to be bad, and it is going to be bad if used wrong or someone hacks it. Um. Okay. It's a little, I'll read to you exactly what it is. And they're crowdfunding. So, I mean, they're still looking for some money to get it out there. And I'll put, I'll tweet the story and put it on my Facebook page. But if the person is attacked, uh, they press the button on what's called Athena. It sends out an alarm. The company says is louder than a freight train, which is pretty stinking loud. Uh, while also transmitting an SOS signal that goes out to the cell phones of friends and family. So you've already got it programmed to friends and family cell phones. The signal then pinpoints your location and suggests the recipients of the message contact police. Your emergency contacts are set sent a link with your distress signal and current location. Now that's kind of cool, right? I mean, if you're in trouble, you need help, really good to have. And it'd be good for your, I mean, that's great for children. Now, they're talking about women and being attacked, but it'd be great for kids. If you let your kids go out and about, 
All the parents that get in trouble for letting their kids walk to the park. Maybe if they had Athena, you could say, oh, something goes wrong. I've got the Athena. They can push that. Here, push it, Billy. Show them what happens. And let the freight train noise knock over the health and human services person. But you can help them out. I'll tweet it. They are crowdfunding. And if you believe in the idea, help them out. Uh, it'd be good for you. There's some really cool stuff. It is Halloween. I mean, I don't want to bring you to Halloween. Everybody, there was all kinds of Halloween parties last night, right? I haven't been to one in a long time. I used to go to them a lot uh, years ago. You know, before I passed 75, after I passed 75, the last 25 years I've slowed down in my in my Halloween partying. But there's some really cool stuff, and the kids still love it. I mean, I tried, I tried and tried to talk my kids into, look, we won't go trick-or-treating. Okay, but before you say no, hear me out. We'll go and we'll buy eighteen thousand pounds of candy, and we'll just eat the candy. We'll just stay in the house. We'll close up the house. We'll put a sign on the door. And we'll say, "Hey, we're out uh, looking for zombies. We're out trick or treating, and we'll leave some candy in the bowl, and then the bowl will be empty, or we'll leave an empty bowl in front of the house and say we're out trick or treating, and people will say, oh, the candy's all gone already in the bowl. No, we never put any in there. It's a helpful hint from me, by the way. Uh, just put the bowl out saying, hey, take take some. Take candy. We're out trick or treating. But you never do put candy in the bowl. Huh? That's just, you know, that's just coming from someone who wants all the candy. Anyway, and uh, and then we'll go in the back room and we'll watch a movie and we'll be happy. And we don't have to go out. No. We got to go trick-or-treating. We have to go trick-or-treating. We got to go trick-or-treating. We got to get an outfit. We got to go out. <sighs> okay. Let's go. But it appears, though, and not that I'm crossing my fingers or anything like that, but it appears it could be storming and raining. Now, all the weather people have been saying that it's going to stop before trick-or-treat time. And I have a feeling that they may be saying that just because it's kind of like, when you work in radio, you some things you just never say. Like, you don't want people to be, it's going to storm and you're never going to trick-or-treat. You don't want to say that, right? You want people to think that they're still going to trick-or-treat and it's good. So it's looking like the possibility that it's going to stop raining before before you trick-or-treat. Which, okay, so if it doesn't, then it's like, okay, well, we were wrong. And it's like when you work in uh, when you work in uh, FM radio, it's never partly cloudy. It's always partly sunny. Okay, it's never partly cloudy. You never want to bring people down. You're always looking to bring people up. It's agonizing, I know, but I'm you know I'm just letting you in on a little tip. All right. So there is a Texas mom that's creating Halloween wheelchair costumes, which is really cool, right? And I just I just saw a tweet. Really, I wish I should I should have thought of this myself. Uh, with a house that had um, uh, old people walkers, and the whole front yard was full of walkers, and there was a sign that said "Beware of walkers." Ha! Huh? That's a great Walking Dead lie. I mean, people, that's funny. That's really funny. And speaking of Walking Dead, congratulations are in order. Uh, Walking Dead and a Talking Dead, which means that my my podcast with Aaron Hernandez is going to be renewed. Uh, Talking Walking Dead uh, is back for a seventh season uh, on AMC. Duh, you think? I mean, come on. They, first of all, they re-upped the new Walking Dead way too early. Uh, 
they should have thought about that. And I hope they call me. Call me. And uh, we'll figure out what to do with it for the next uh, 20 episodes because I know they re-upped it for 20. Maybe we'll get you... You know, we'll get you going in the right direction. But the first six or seven, mm, ooh, rough. But the real Walking Dead this season has been, season six has been great. And you can uh, go to theblaze.com slash radio, Jeff Fisher Show, and download the Talking Walking Dead every Monday and find out exactly what happened and perhaps what to look for in the future on the latest Walking Dead every Monday on theblaze.com slash radio. Jeff Fisher and Aaron Hernandez, Talking Walking Dead. Anyway, Season 7 will be back. Uh, they just re-upped it on AMC. So I'm sure they've got a few few more Englishmen that they're going to give jobs to. I'm amazed at how many of those characters are not from America. But I love them anyway. I love them anyway. And it is Halloween. We've had stories all over the country about uh, people eating their friends and being mad at them and starting to eat people. We had the, we had the, the fun house in, uh, I think it was in new Orleans, but it might've been Florida. I can't remember. We had the fun house where the guy was gnawing some kid, starting to eat some kid. And they thought it was part, a few people walked by thinking it was part of the fun house. First of all, the, the picture, if the picture of the story was the fun house, you should not have gone in there. But second, uh, if it, uh, was, then uh, it deserves to happen. But uh, one father was walking his kid through and said, "I heard the scream, and that was not a you know that was not a fake funhouse scream of world. That was a scream of actual horror." And you know he rescued the kid had some you know skin and trouble. Who's doing? Stop it. Okay, I know there's vampires and everything, but there's no point if unless you're unless you're on bath salts and you're thinking I'm out of my mind. I don't know what I'm doing. I've got to eat people. Stop it. Okay. My gosh. It's agonizing. Now, I know some of you want the joke of the week. You're asking me for the joke of the week. I gave you the little President Obama story as a kind of a joke you can use uh, with your friends. But I'll give you the I'll give you the kids joke, the Halloween kids joke of the week that uh my kids gave me uh I don't know, a couple nights ago at the dinner table. Okay? You ready? You can use it. You're welcome. Why did the skeleton go to the barbecue? Because they had spare ribs. You're listening to The Jeff Fisher Show. The Blaze Radio Network. Jeff Fisher. Welcome to it. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. You can use that number anytime, but if you wanted to talk to me live, you'd have to do that between 6 a.m. and 8 a.m. Eastern Time. And then you can use it if you follow me on Twitter at JeffyMRA or Facebook, Jeff Fisher Radio. You can use that number on Monday when we record Talking Walking Dead. And if you wanted to pipe in uh, your comments on the previous evening's Walking Dead or what you think is going to happen in the future, you can join in. If not, Aaron Hernandez and myself will take care of it for you. Uh, a couple of points from uh, the last uh, story, uh, Athena. A couple of people uh, t- tweeted me, why doesn't Athena just call 911 for you on speakerphone while turning on your video camera? No middleman needed. Okay, well, you know, give them a call, James. Uh, maybe they Maybe they need your help. 
But I believe, uh, I'm, I'm assuming that really they want to use it for more than just being attacked, you, you know, if your kid was in trouble or something. I, and plus, I think if you have something dialed direct to 911, like if I have a product and I say, uh, I'm going to alert someone and they're going to call, they should call 911. Okay, fine. But if I have a product that directly calls 911, I think they charge for that or directly calls the police departments. I think there's many local municipalities that charge you a fee for that. I didn't say it was right or wrong. Don't look at me like that. Okay. It's not my idea. I'm just telling you what happens. Okay. And, uh, one tweet, <laughs> Athena, the goddess carried a spear. This device should be called Themis, after the pipe dream of security it presents. It's <laughs> uh, very funny. Very funny. Okay, we have some disappointing news. I hate to leave you on a down note, but we have some very disappointing news for you. Okay? We always knew that plants, they have an intelligence, right? They, there's, there's something going on there. But I was flipping through my latest edition of Modern Farmer, and there it is, a new study from the University of Missouri. Mizzou, M-I-Z-Z-O-U. And it shows that plants sense when they are being eaten. And they send out defense mechanisms to try and stop it from happening. So all you vegetarians... And all you vegans, get over yourself, but your little animal thing, because now we know you're killing plants, they feel it, they have pain, they're trying to stop it. So welcome, okay? You might as well go back to eating the cow. Okay, just saying. I don't care what the WHO says or the World Health Organization. (laughs) All right. You sick, stinking freak. Did anybody tell you you look good today? No? Well, you do. Darn it, you look great. I mean that. Except, I mean, you aren't. You really aren't going to wear that all day, are you? Ooh, okay. Looks good on you. This is the Jeff Fisher Show. Only on the Blaze Radio Network.